0: Good evening and welcome to Monergy Life. This is Robert Fisher, your host, and I'm especially pleased this evening to welcome my guest, Jennifer Kessler. Jennifer should be calling in any moment now. Uh, Jennifer is a fellow at the New England Conservatory in Boston, And uh, For about the last 10 years, Jennifer has been an international French horn player, but has also made part of her career, a large part actually, uh, bringing music to young people and changing their lives in the process. Uh, Jennifer was born into a family of classical musicians. She grew up in L.A., And she attended uh, Northwestern University, where she uh, obtained a Bachelor of Music. I'm so pleased to welcome Jennifer this evening, because Jennifer, I believe, embodies the philosophy of monarchy life, which is abundant living now. Uh, I should also add that uh, Jennifer is one of the coordinators of TEDx New York, which is a wonderful uh, group, uh, which is part of the TED.com family, where a bunch of uh, very interesting people get together approximately once a week and watch a TED video and then discuss it. uh it's it's almost like a uh, a salon um that uh a modern day salon if you will and um so uh, as i'm waiting for jennifer to call i think she just tried to call in a moment ago i don't know what happened um let me just see here she is hello jennifer
1: hi robert can you hear me
0: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, No, I can.
0: Fantastic. I know you called in a few seconds ago. I was telling the listeners, um, but you're on the air.
1: <laughs> Great. Welcome
0: it. to Monergy Life.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, it's uh, my pleasure. Uh, I was just giving the listeners a little bit of your background uh, that you are. A fellow at NEC, the New England Conservatory in Boston. And you've been pretty busy commuting between New York and Boston, haven't you? I
1: have been, that's right. It's been, I started the program at NEC in August with nine other fellows, and we've come from all over the country. And we're spending a full year delving into learning all about El Sistema, the system of youth orchestras in Venezuela and really exploring how we're translating what they're doing in Venezuela here in the United States.
0: Yeah, I was giving the listeners uh, a brief background into uh, what you've been doing. And, of course, Il Sistema is, uh, uh, is a main part of your focus uh, in the last few months. And I understand there's going to be some type of a conference in Los Angeles soon.
1: Yeah, that's right. So kind of just a little bit of background as to how that conference is coming about. El um, Sistema has been around in Venezuela since about 1975. And, and about several years ago, many people around this country started learning about what was happening down there. And since it's become kind of more on the consciousness of arts leaders here in the state, there's been a lot of conversation about what we can do to translate that here in the United States. So... There have been several, there have been a couple of conferences already, national conferences. There have also been smaller convenings around the country. And over the last few years, there have been several new organizations that have sprung up around the country that are inspired by El Sistema. So what's happening in Los Angeles is, uh, it's, I believe, the third national conference in which Program directors from El Sistema-inspired programs and teachers and other administrators are going to come together, among many other people, I'm sure. About I think 300 people are coming to this. we are going to come together at the Los Angeles Philharmonic for two or three days and talk about um, really take a look at what's happening in the field and what we can start to share in terms of promising practices in the work that's happening here in the United States and also in other countries.
0: Right. I think it's uh, it would be worthwhile to um, inform the listeners a little bit more about Il Sistema uh, specifically, like what it attempts to do, the miraculous results it's had for some of the youth in Venezuela. I mean, you've you've shared some of this information with me, and it's kind of astounding for those who are not familiar with it.
1: Sure, absolutely. So, El started in about 1975 in, in Venezuela. It was launched by a man named Dr. José Antonio Abreu. It was his vision that through orchestral music at the time that young people could um, find another way and a better way to make something out of their lives. And now, um, in 2012, my understanding is that they're serving about 400,000 children through music programs all around Venezuela. It's after school, and the children come to different centers uh, all around the country where they're given music lessons, individual group lessons, and they have rehearsals. They also perform regularly, and through this program, there, there was a study that was done a few years ago in Venezuela to look at what some of the measurable impacts were of the children who were in those Programs around the country, and the, because this program is focused um, not necessarily as just music education in and of itself, but music really is a catalyst for social change. Um, they're, they're seeing that many of these children are developing in in many different skills in many different ways. So, and where do most of these? Uh- mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but where do the bulk of these children come from? Like, what demographic group would you say?
1: In Venezuela?
0: Yeah, in Venezuela.
1: I think now it's attracting many different types of children. Um, it's it, Because it's become such a compelling music program, it's attracting young people from, from many different demographics. And that one of the core values is really accessibility. So it's it's also for children from from really economically disadvantaged backgrounds who don't have any access to programs that allow them to thrive, um,
0: particularly through music. And and how young are some of these children that participate in El Sistema?
1: Well, I saw children. I was in Venezuela in 2007, and I saw children aged three <laughs> picking up a violin. So the idea is to really invite kids into this musical experience from as young an age as possible, I also saw some video footage of a program in Scotland where there, there's a program for babies, actually, for babies and parents, and so the idea is that really accessibility is key, that every child can participate, and that even parents and other community members can participate as well.
0: Right, and there are also some children in the program who have been in prison, who have been in prison for some pretty serious crimes, but they seem to be thriving in El Sistema.
1: That's right. So it's, it's kind of that idea of giving a kid a trumpet as opposed to a gun so that the, that child has an opportunity to, to find his voice and to develop skills in something that's really positive. And within a group, so it's not just individual learning, but that that child can have an opportunity to work with a team in creating something really beautiful together. And that's sort of the ideal of the orchestra.
0: Right. And, you know, I, I find that to be such, a, such an amazing thing, just to even hear you talk about it, because, you know, so much of us are assaulted with such negative news about the world. And here is something that anyone looking at this couldn't help but come away feeling good about what it's doing for everybody concerned. And and I said this to you earlier before the show, but I really, really applaud you for your efforts in this regard because it's doing such good and for something that brings so much joy to so many other people, which is music.
1: Well, thanks, Robert. And, you know, I- I think one of the things that's so powerful about what's happening here in the United States is that it's, uh, this work is happening here because of the efforts of many people coming together and many people really sharing knowledge and sharing ideas. And, and what's thrilling is that now we uh, and we have this conference coming up, and it's, it's going to be an incredible moment to, to share across the board, from small organizations to large organizations like the Los Angeles Philharmonic, and the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra, that so many different types of people are coming together to see how we can advance this work forward. And, and not just obviously for the sake of advancing the work forward, but so that many more children can have an opportunity here in this country to, to enjoy um, the beautiful magic that El Sistema is also in Venezuela.
0: Right. Now, I believe that the, um, some of the Venezuelan children have already performed in the U.S. on more than one occasion.
1: That is right. So I was just thinking today that there are – it's so interesting to think about how people were introduced to, this, to, this, to El Sistema. I know there were 16-minute segments. There was a TED Prize that was given to Dr. Jose Antonio Abreu that many people saw. And the Simon Bolivar Youth um, Orchestra has toured around this country as well. And I think when people have seen that orchestra perform and they've seen the magic and heard the incredible sound coming off of that stage, it's given audience members an opportunity to kind of reimagine what we can do with music and with young people because their sound is so good. And they're actually performing in Los Angeles as well, I think, next
0: week. And do they have a schedule for anywhere else in the U.S. in the near future besides Los Angeles?
1: That's a very good question. I'll have to check on that. (laughs) But I know that they've um, the orchestra has performed all around the world, and um, the other thing that's worth noting is that they have a new, in Venezuela, they have a new jazz program. So it's not just orchestral music, but the idea is in thinking about ensemble music, they've created a jazz band that came to New York um, in the fall and performed for sold-out audiences all over New York City, and, again, we were seeing these young people making this incredible sound together because they're working together every single day after school for several hours, and it's this opportunity to become something much greater than what they can do on their own.
0: Right. Now, what are, what are some of the organizations in the U.S. that have picked up the concept of El Sistema and are trying to implement it across this country. And I'm just curious, Sue, that how many of those organizations do you know of that that are trying to implement El Sistema here?
1: That's a great question. So there, I'll, I'll mention a few that um, that I know, there, and there are also several that we don't know of yet. But um, for one thing, the Los Angeles Philharmonic started is a fantastic program. Um, and it's, uh, there's a lot of attention also on what's happening there because it's about Azuda Mel, the conductor. The Baltimore mm-hmm. Symphony Orchestra launched the program, and I was there actually in October, and I had a, a, an opportunity to spend a week with the kids in that program, and it was just thrilling to see um, how, how they grew even within a week, and, and that was really incredible. There are programs in New York City, um, the Harmony Program, Rona Youth Music Project among Couple of others. There are programs in Chicago, in in Florida, in North Carolina, in Philadelphia, so and several of them in California. So actually, uh, they're they're all over the place, and that's one of the things that's really exciting about what's happening here is that we're beginning to learn where we're going as a movement.
0: Mm-hmm. And what are some of you know, you, you stated earlier when you were first describing El Sistema that um, it is it is these music programs with an eye towards social change as well or some type of social effect. What are some of the goals you hope that El Sistema could achieve here in the U.S.?
1: That's a great question. It It really is about music for social change. And I think one of the things we're talking about in the fellows program, and I know among leaders of these programs as well, is that we're hoping that the outcomes will really be pointing towards better attendance in schools, better behavior among young people, um, better test scores, you know, better academic achievement. And that down the line, uh, we, we anticipate, based on also other Edu- education research and other research along these lines about music pointing to academic achievement. That that we do hope that the, the longer term impacts will really be around decreasing violence and poverty. And those are really really big goals. But we know from from earlier research that um, that rigorous involvement in music can actually help guide young people to become more collaborative and and creative citizens and and less of, there's less of a chance for them to end up in jail for example
0: i could totally uh believe that and you know as i heard you answering the question i was thinking of so many conversations i've heard or participated in over the last year or two in which people just make these broad uh statements uh Uh, to the effect that, oh, the education system is broken and it is not preparing our young people, you know, for the future as it's going to exist. And, you know, listening to you talk about the goals that you have for uh, El Sistema in this country, it's a completely opposite take on things. I mean, uh, how do you account for the fact that so many people have such a hopeless attitude about the education system in this country?
1: Uh, That's... I think that's something we're thinking about all the time and for those of us who are working in El Sistema-inspired programs, it's it's El Sistema has given us a, a new sense of hope and that's something that I think a lot of us are feeling that it's not that no one has been doing extraordinary arts education, which they have certainly, but what we're seeing with El Sistema is that it's a new way of thinking about education. When I was down in Venezuela, I there was one thing that really resonated with me, actually two things that I really came away with. One was that everyone was having so much fun. And I thought, wow, if these kids, and not only the kids but the teachers, if all of the people involved in a program can excel and thrive and really realize their potential by having fun, we would have such a better world, I think. I mean, the second thing... <laughs> Good.
0: I, I totally embrace that sentiment. In fact, a, as you may or may not know, but I think you probably know that the, the sub, sort of the subtitle on my blog um, for monetary Life is "Abundant Living." Now, and abundance is defined in so many ways. And you've just described, uh, you know, a definition of abundance that I could totally get behind and, and embrace. It is so true because that is abundant living.
1: Absolutely, and that's really why. We're all doing this, and why a lot of people have actually changed their careers to go into starting programs for young people like this. I know for myself, I was playing French horn and I had a whole professional career playing French horn, and I never thought I would ever be interested in music education and when i saw when i when I saw the impact that music could have on a young person who really didn't have much hope in life or any real opportunity to to grow or thrive, um, I, I realized that my music could have a, a much greater impact on the world than just playing on a stage. And I think a lot of people in this field have that same sentiment. And I've been fascinated to see how many arts leaders have, have really kind of changed the course of, of their careers when it, in the spirit of El Sistema, when they've seen what El Sistema can do and they want to belong to that and and contribute to
0: that in a really powerful way right and you know as you were answering that uh, a thought crossed my mind and i'm going to share it with you as well as the audience and that's you know very often we hear about negative things about the economy these broad statements about how things are so awful and yet i have to say that in the last several several years I've met so many people who are thriving in so many creative fields where they're really making a contribution to society, yet that doesn't get the airplay. And I think maybe there's an analogy here between what you're doing for young people and for this general idea that the whole education system is broken. Because if you embrace that idea, then why do anything? If you really think things are hopeless, why would you bother to do anything to help anybody?
1: Right, and one of the things, I, I'm so glad you said that because one of the things that is so powerful for, for those of us who've been working with these kids is seeing the change in the kids. And I just remember um, just one story. When I first kind of learned about what music could do for children, I was working with some young teenage girls who, and I was teaching them brass instruments. And these girls did not want to be learning how to play the French horn. That was the last (laughs) thing that they wanted to do. They did not think it was cool. They didn't think it was fun. They didn't want to be there. And it was a program that was actually an intervention program because a lot of these young women had had some pretty serious behavioral problems and and violence issues. And after having worked with them pretty rigorously with a couple of other um, female brass players, brass teachers, I noticed the change in the teenage girls and it was really interesting to to see them recognize what would happen when they would get a little bit better on the instrument they were working on and it was this this incredible moment, or several incredible moments of just seeing them recognize their potential to grow and their potential to achieve something in a way that was fun and lighthearted and then when they played together in a small brass ensemble when they got to that point And they were able to hear how their hard work could help them connect musically to another person, and then they could create something beautiful together. It was a moment where they all recognized that they could be winners, whereas in other elements in their life, they might have never had that opportunity. And so that's, as you said, we, we don't really hear those stories, but imagine if you had hundreds of thousands of children like that, hundreds of thousands of children who, normally would never have a chance to know where they can grow and where they, how, how they could become incredible, successful human beings and, and, and then have an opportunity to do that. It's just so exciting to think where this can go.
0: I totally agree with that, and it's, it's, it's also similar for adults who are not children. When somebody is given the opportunity to actually feel a particular strength that they have and that they may have the potential to excel in something, it completely transforms their life. And, you know, as we discussed earlier before the show, um, you know, I believe that natural ability is completely distributed equally among every group in this world, every culture in this world, but access and opportunity are not necessarily distributed fairly. And, and that's what accounts for the difference in performance between groups, not natural ability. That's my opinion. And, and you know, it's so great that you are doing something to give um, access to people who maybe would not have had access to feel that feeling. You know the, the feeling of accomplishment in, in beginning to master an instrument, the feeling of camaraderie in performing with other people and receiving positive feedback. It might be the first Time in these people's lives that they've ever felt anything quite like that.
1: That's right. And, and it, this actually reminded me of a, of a question somebody asked me the other day. They said, Well, but isn't it true that not every kid is talented and that not every kid could participate in a program like this? And it reminded me of a story I heard when I was in Venezuela and that I've also heard in a couple of other programs here in the States, which is that. A program like El Sistema is not necessarily trying to, to shape the next big soloist, but that is trying to give every single child an opportunity to feel successful. So, for example, you can put a beginner bassoon player next to a more advanced bassoon player in the orchestra, and you can write out a part where maybe that beginner bassoon player can't play the whole part of Mahler's Fifth Symphony, for example, but maybe that beginner bassoon player can play a couple of notes Here and there, and and participate still in the ensemble, and still feel like he's contributing to the music in a way, and feeling empowered to do that. And that's where that's where really the difference comes in. And it's you're right; it's giving every single child an opportunity to thrive.
0: Right, and in, in, in perhaps they might not have had other opportunities in school or in their home life to feel that way. You know, they might be, and I'm not suggesting, I don't want to stereotype anybody and presume that just because somebody is poor, they don't have opportunities to feel worthwhile as a person. I don't believe that personally. But perhaps... There are different opportunities, and perhaps this is an opportunity of a different uh, different type that they maybe, maybe, maybe they have experienced before, maybe they haven't. But it's great to try and sort of equalize the playing field by giving people the opportunity to feel that sense of accomplishment.
1: Absolutely.
0: I know that um, when you first heard of El Sistema, I believe you were studying in Berlin Uh, You studying the French horn, and it's kind of a funny story. Would you mind sharing that with the listeners?
1: Oh, not at all. I was, as you said, I was studying French horn in Berlin, and it was in 2001. And I was studying with uh, a French horn player from the Berlin Philharmonic. So we were in a practice room of the Berlin Philharmonic, and he interrupted my horn lesson and he said, Jennifer, I want you to come hear something. So he stops my lesson, and he takes me into the main hall, and I kind of was thinking that I was going to hear the Berlin Philharmonic, but when I walked in, there was a huge orchestra of 14-year-olds. So I was (laughs) kind of disappointed because I thought, oh, no, he stopped my lesson for a youth orchestra rehearsal? (laughs) And so we sat down. (laughs) Yeah, so we sat down. And I was like, was oh, you know, I just want to get back to playing my Strauss or Mozart. But, so we sat down, and um, and they're all getting ready to play. And, and then this young guy walks out onto the stage, and he had really curly hair. And my teacher turned to me and said he was exactly my age at the time that I was 20 years old. And this guy gets up onto the podium and picks up the baton. And the orchestra launched into the most riveting version of mambo I had ever heard in my life. And I couldn't believe the sound that was coming off of the stage. And they were dancing in their seats, and the bass players were twirling their basses. <laughs> I thought, what is going on here? <laughs> and so, first of all, I was really struck by the sound coming out of these young kids. And, and secondly, my teacher turned to me, and he started pointing to different members of the orchestra. And he said, see that, see that boy? He's 14, And he's been in jail for three attempted murders. And that other kid sitting next to him, he just got out of a hospital for gang-related gun wounds. And now he's playing, you know, principal, I don't remember which instrument it was, but, you know, playing an instrument at this incredibly high level and playing in the Berlin Philharmonic Hall. (sighs) So it was, I mean, can you believe that? Can you imagine that? It's. Absolutely extraordinary that a lot of those children in that orchestra came from that background, whereas before they may, before this program, they may have never had an opportunity to realize what they could become, and now they're part of an incredible musical family.
0: All right? You know, just listening to that story, it, it, you know, it should it should it should really trigger, um, I believe, something even more important than the story itself. And the story is pretty amazing as you tell it. But, you know, to me, when I'm listening to that, I think of the possibility for change in everybody. Nothing is fixed. You know, and they say that in every life situation, the polar opposite of the situation exists simultaneously and it could flip into it in a second. And I believe that too. So it shows you that somebody who had such a horrible background, if they're not completely stigmatized by that background and they're allowed and given a chance to do something else, it shows you that anybody can do that. And that lesson could be applied not just to the children who are participating in El Sistema, but to all of us. I think no matter what we want to do in life, no matter what we want to do in life, it's possible. Nothing is fixed, and life is extremely fluid. And I think it's really important to keep that in mind.
1: Absolutely. It's so true that, that we all have this incredible possibility to change our situations. It's not just the way that we think it is. If it's something that is, if we're not happy, if we're, if, or even if we are happy, but we can think of things in a different way, and, and there's always room to right. grow and change.
0: There's always right. room to develop. I have bad news, Jennifer. We only have one minute left in the show, and I'd like to ask you if there's any way the listeners want to get involved to either participate in some type of fundraising or to listen to El Sistema when it comes near them. What's the best way for them to keep abreast as to El Sistema?
1: That's such a good question, Robert. I would suggest, first and foremost, checking out the blogs of all of the people who are running these programs. Um, there are fellows who graduated over the last two years who are running programs. They're blogging constantly. A lot of that information can be found on the New England Conservatory website. Okay. And I will be continuing to update my own blog. I have two of them. One is more of a fundraising blog, so sharing different types of funding resources. So if anybody wants to contact me, I'd be happy to try to point them in the right direction. Fantastic. Yeah, and then also checking out the Los Angeles Philharmonic and the League of American Orchestras sites. They have some great resources there as well.
0: Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Monergy Life, Jennifer. It's been a fascinating chat, and I want to wish all our listeners a good evening. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Robert. Have a great night.
0: Good night.